Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Sean Kelly. Great to be back with you on this Wednesday. It seems like it was a long time ago. Well, it's been a week since I was with you on this podcast, but certainly glad to be back in Studio B to do it right here from the great city of New Orleans and, uh, of course, live on tape from the Osher Sports Performance Center. Uh, Wednesdays are so much my favorite because we get to pick one guest and we thoroughly go through a visit uh getting to know that not only that guest but uh, maybe the reason that we're having them on and of course uh big football week big guest here this week we've got a dandy for you kevin harlan is our guest on this wednesday edition of the black and blue report uh, of course he is a national voice um, when it comes to the nba and the nfl and college basketball too and whatever else uh, they can get his vo- vocal cords onto. They try to do it, um, and that would be, of course, the smart people at CBS, and of course at Westwood One. Kevin Harlan will be eventually calling that Super Bowl on Westwood One again this year. So he's working his way through the postseason now, and everything falls just right. He just did the call of the Bears and Eagles game and that dramatic finish in Chicago. And now he's all set to come to New Orleans this weekend for the Saints-Eagles in the divisional round. So the timing couldn't have been better. The storyteller couldn't have been better. And the uh, and the reference point between last Sunday and this coming Sunday all works out great. So we're very pleased to have Kevin with us here today. We're going to ask him about the call of that dramatic finish, uh, the the. I guess they're calling it the doink doink. I didn't think I'd say that anywhere, but I just did. Uh, there it is. Uh, we'll ask him about the dramatic finish of that game, where it ranks among the others that he's called in the NFL's postseason. Uh, we'll also get his thoughts on Nick Foles and, and the magic of Foles and, of course, the resurgence of this Eagles team since we last saw Philadelphia in New Orleans. And then, of course, he'll give his thoughts about Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and how this all meshes together for the late afternoon time slot on this coming Sunday. So without further ado, here in just a moment, uh, the voice of the NFL on Westwood One Radio Sports, Kevin Harlan. This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here's Sean Kelly. Well, let's get started with today's Black and Blue Report. And as I mentioned earlier, we are thrilled and honored to uh, welcome back one of our favorites. He's one of the best play-by-play men, television or radio, in not only the National Football League, but of course we follow him in the NBA too. That's Kevin Harlan, who'll be back in New Orleans this weekend. Surely you're ready for some warm weather down here down south. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you for your kind words. I am. I always uh, going down to New Orleans. It's always one of my uh, most enjoyable trips. I love everything about the city. In fact, uh, truth be told, uh, many years ago when I was still doing the Timberwolves and the possibility of Minnesota moving their NBA franchise down to New Orleans, uh, we were ready for a move. We were we were going to make the move. So. So it was it was just a blip on the screen until they got better financing up in Minnesota. So our family was set to move, though, down to Louisiana and looking forward to it. But uh, that got a call from someone down there. I, I, I don't think I'm going to reveal the name, but someone who was very instrumental in, in that whole process. But, yeah, no, we're looking forward to coming down there for an exciting game. The Dome will be rocking. And um, this is a, a terrific matchup of a defending Super Bowl champion and the team that most people think from the NFC is going to get to the 
Super Bowl this year, so you couldn't ask for a better matchup. It all lines up, and boy, it almost didn't. And, Kevin, I'm watching the game this past Sunday involving the Eagles and the Bears, and the moment is arriving at the end of the game, and I can't help but think this is the perfect Kevin Harlan moment right here, not even realizing what would unfold in the seconds that lie ahead of all of us. Can you help me understand what you were going through in your mind, getting ready to call the finish of that football game on Westwood One? Well, I think always, and and you've been through this multiple times yourself, the, the one thing you're thinking about is, is be accurate. And, um, and what I think about in those moments is make it as simple and as clear-headed as possible. Don't try to think about what you might say afterwards. Um, uh, uh, call what you, what you see, and that's what I did. I, I didn't have any feeling either way if he'd make it or not. I did say before that uh, kick that he had missed uh, 10 all season. He had missed seven field goals and three PATs, and uh, he had five uh, kicks that had hit the upright. And um, what was unique about this one was that it not only hit the upright, it still even had a chance to go in because the crossbar was the deciding factor and it bounced on the wrong side of the crossbar for the Bears. And so that's how I called it. But uh, not even, you know, I I guess because the crowd was so uh, excited and exhilarated for the way that young uh, Mitch Trubisky, their quarterback, had moved the team downfield, and gotten the Bears in a position to win against the defending champs um, was in itself a, a, a monumental move. And then to have the, the balloon deflate so quickly and suddenly, um, I mean, you feel every emotion. The, 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 you're, you're empathetic for the fans that are no more than five feet in front of us from our broadcast position in a capacity-filled soldier field. You're excited for the defending champs that they've pulled one out of the fire against arguably the best overall defense in the playoffs going in. And um, uh, so there are a lot of emotions going through, but I guess, I guess you just take those moments as they come. You don't think about what you're going to say afterwards. You stay in the moment and you make sure that you're, you're aligned in your head with what you see on the field. I know it's only a couple of days old now, but Kevin, where will that game, maybe that finish, rank for you amongst the memorable NFL postseason games that you've called before? Well, it, it, it'll be, it'll be significant certainly because the bears had, had um, you know, there was so much buildup having a division champ for the first time in a long time and a young quarterback who had uh, played admirably in that game, uh, a young coach in his first year, rookie head coach, 12 and four record and, had done, you know, just a, a remarkable job in, in uh, taking a 5-11 and 11 team the season before and improving their win total by 7 and, and winning a division. And, uh, and all, all that you certainly feel. And Chicago is a great sports town. They've, they, they've been hungry for a Bears winner, and they've got one. You know, I, 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 there have been a lot of them. You know, those Super Bowl endings, we've had a couple magnificent ones here recently. You know, the the – Butler interception for the Patriots of the goal line and a Russell Wilson pass at the end of that Seattle-New England game a couple years ago. The comeback by Brady over Atlanta uh, to win, you know, that was remarkable. The Eagles winning for the first time 
a Super Bowl. They had won NFL championships, but a Super Bowl, and they did it with uh, creative ways. You know, they're just those, those stand out a lot. You know, um, uh, but you certainly, uh, you know, if anyone ever re- reminds me about the missed field goal that could have won it for the Bears and propelled them to the conference semifinals, I'll, I'll remember that one because uh, of just the noise or the lack of noise and the just sudden. Uh, exhaling of, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This kid is hit upright after upright after upright all season long. They still believed in him. He has a chance to win it and, and wipe away all that all that uh, that has plagued him all season long, and he hits it again. <laughs> so you don't forget those moments for sure. No, I, I just don't think that if, you know, usually when you see a kick like that, Kevin, you'd say to yourself, I bet he couldn't do that again if he tried. And that's right. the crazy thing is that, well, he has <laughs> multiple times. And you pointed that out in your call. It's it's quite amazing. And I think somewhat lost in all this is the fact that at the 56-second mark, wasn't it, that Nick Foles hits Golden Tate and the Eagles with less than a minute to go are on their way. That play seemingly falls into the abyss, if you will, because of the way the whole thing ended. Absolutely. And I would never minimize a team with momentum. Uh, we've seen it before. Six seed teams, Green Bay, the Giants, teams that have that have come from that position, won on the road, um, and that's exactly what the Eagles will have to do. And this is not the most talented Eagle team. It is different. Their secondary is beat up, but gaining, I think, a little bit more every week, to be quite honest. And and you lose the fact that Foles in the second half, as opposed to the first, threw the two touchdown passes, no picks in the second half, and was really terrific, and has done it again. I mean, this is just almost a carbon copy of what happened a year ago when Carson Wentz was injured in a quarterback uh, uh, run in Los Angeles against the Rams and blew a knee, and Foles comes in and leads them through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl and then a championship, and kind of the same thing again now, the crack back vertebrae of, of Wentz, and here comes Foles, and leads them to a good finish. They win their final three regular season games. They finish nine and seven and they go on the road and they beat a very good Chicago team. And now they take on another big task and going to the, to the uh, dome in new Orleans to play drew Brees and the saints. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the exact same thing that happened a year ago, although they had home games last year. Now they had home games and that aided them, but we've seen six seeds, maneuver right through this this process and make the Super Bowl so I think it's wide open and uh, and I think this will be a great game Sunday I agree with you and I don't normally talk about spreads but Kevin I've seen anywhere from eight to nine nine and a half point favorites for the Saints I, I just don't see it uh, why is the spread as such why do you think folks think that it won't be as close as maybe you and I are discussing here well, I, I keep thinking that, that the, and I think obviously the people that, that do this for a living think that this cannot continue, that they're just getting by uh, by the skin of their teeth in some of these games, and they're winning, and, and, and they don't have the overpowering things that we've seen in the past. And, um, uh, yeah, the spread is significant. And I, and I also think, obviously, that, you know, Breeze at home in the playoffs is 5-0 and in his career. Uh, this year at home, he's thrown 22 touchdown passes and just one interception in the dome. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at, at what would appear to be significant odds uh, for this team to win. But as we've seen, 
the Saints weren't the Saints at the end of the season that we saw through the body of the season and just a little bit different. And, um, um, you know, you, you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, like I began the conversation, Sean, saying that they've got so much momentum, this, the Eagles do. Um, they, they've already won a game on the road. They've not had the off week, and I don't think teams that are looking to get into the playoffs just squeaking in like the Eagles did uh, want a week off. They want to continue that momentum and continue with what they've done and stay on course and stay in a routine. I do think that I do think that that pays some kind of dividend in there. And um, I would suggest to you that that this is probably one of those games which will not reflect what the spread and the guys in Vegas are saying that it will be closer. And I know that when you look at the, the weekend, you're thinking this could be the, the biggest margin. And, and it certainly could be. Let, let's face it. I mean, the Eagles uh, are due for a, to stub their toe, and the, and the Saints are due to be the explosive team that we saw late uh, throughout most of the season. Late in the season, we really didn't see that. We didn't see it in Carolina. They had the good game against Pittsburgh. And then this, the season ender, which didn't make any difference at all either way, they had the the number one seed. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of team comes out and plays the Eagles, which right now are playing with not one ounce of pressure. Even as defending champs, no one thought they'd be here. They're not playing with one ounce of pressure. Big. And I think they'll uh, they'll use that as their, uh, as their hook as they go into uh, New Orleans on Sunday. That's a big point. You're right. Kevin, if, if you could have one interview um, with either a player or coach from either side, um, who would they be for each team, and what would you want to ask them? Well, um, hmm, that's an interesting question. I guess, I guess Foles is a pretty interesting interview if you've got time to kind of break him down because um, he doesn't have much of a personality. He's a, he's a terrific kid, but he's not charismatic at all. He's very straight-lined. And he doesn't have, you know, much uh, of, of a spike or a, or a trough when you talk to him. And I like to think that maybe over the course of a 20-minute interview, you could break down and say, you know, there are, you, it seems like you've got other priorities in your life than just going out and grabbing the biggest contract or becoming a starter. I mean, I think it's pretty well known that, that he's very comfortable in Philadelphia raising his family. Uh, I think he's very comfortable being a backup. I don't think he I, – I, I think the time of him striving to be a starter and all that, I think that's kind of come and gone. I think he relishes these opportunities kind of right in and, and save the day, so to speak, as a quality backup, and they're going to pay him well. And I, I, I think, you know, as fascinating a guy as you'll find in the league is Breeze, just because of what he's accomplished. You know, at the end of the day, Sean, as you know, when he's – when he is hung it up, he's going to have the, the record in every significant passing category in pro football history. He is going to do something um, that, that no other quarterback has done and throw for over 5,000, what, six times in his career. Even the past Manning and Brady have, have struggled to reach that mark. Uh, Mahomes doing it, I think, this year in Kansas City was a blip. I don't think we're going to continue. This. It's very difficult to do health-wise and everything else. And to play until you're 39 the way he is and as, as successful as he's been, to find the coach that, that you're plugged into uh, in every way as he is with Sean Payton. Um, and I would love to know from Breeze, and, and he's talked about it, but really get in depth about, you know, what it takes to, to keep mentally 
that sharp physically, that sharp, and, and always operate with success with the revolving cast around him. You know, this is, this is a much different group than he had when he went to the Super Bowl and won before, obviously. So, so I, I guess the two quarterbacks, I think quarterbacks are the most fascinating people uh, because they, they have so much on their plate. They're responsible for so much. They're, they're the most important player on the team, and it's not even close. Uh, I just think those guys are the most fascinating guys because I think they're wired differently than most guys. Well, I, I think you broke down both of them in a way that none of us can because you have experience with both guys. Kevin, hey, I've kept you too long, but I do want to ask you one more question. Obviously, this game here in New Orleans this weekend is of the utmost importance to Southeast Louisiana and Saints fans across the country. But if we're looking from a national perspective, which we should with you, if you're looking at this weekend's play, which game do you think garners the most national interest or perhaps intrigue as we hit this round of the playoffs? Well, I was slated. <laughs> I was not slated to go to this game. I, the game I was I was going to get was uh, Dallas and the Rams, but we're um, we're celebrating our daughter's birthday in New York on on Friday night and Saturday morning, and um, and I could not get a flight that would make sense and make people comfortable to L.A. Uh, in time for that game. So that that is their. Uh, that probably is the number one game, and not because of the Rams. It's because of the Cowboys. Even though the Rams are a big story and have been, um, the Cowboys are, you know, kind of that uh, uh, undefeated uh, national interest, uh, national following type team uh, for for whatever degree it's legitimate or not. But they just are. I mean, they they garner that thing. I personally think. The Cowboys are going to have a very difficult time if, if, um, if the Rams running back uh, Gurley is healthy. He is the key, much like Elliott is the key for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I would say then second is this game uh, because it is Breeze, because it is the Saints, and they are the number one overall seed out of the NFC, and because it's the defending champs. But Dallas seems to have a hold. That's why I was kind of surprised that this game – uh, Dallas and the Rams was not a Sunday late game. Usually that's the game they reserve for the premier game. Um, but they put it on Saturday night, which I thought was a little bit strange, but they've done it, I think, to kind of make sure that the, the ratings are even throughout. Last week, the number one game uh, was Chicago and Philadelphia, not because at the beginning it was the most attractive game on the schedule, because it happened to be about as close as any, and it got the best rating. What in 30 years for a wild card round? It was a it was a TV bonanza. Um, I don't think Dallas and the Rams is going to be that close if Gurley is healthy and he's not been practicing or very limited this week. Um, uh, but I love the game I've got. I've, I love the game in New Orleans. I mean, listen, you got the defending Super Bowl champion with Nick Foles, the Super Bowl MVP, against arguably the best quarterback in football, and Breeze in a very difficult venue. I mean, I regard and see people are looking at the game that happened, what, five, six weeks ago when the, when the Eagles were, were, were clubbed down there. This is not the same team. This is not the same team at all. May have the same name plates in the back of their uniforms. It is not the same team. And I think people are kind of getting diverted by that earlier out, 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 outcome than they are what really what you see now. And I think that's, that's the storyline. Yeah, it seems like a world away. Kevin, um, first of all, enjoy the birthday celebration in New York. 
Uh, <laughs> we will. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and we're lucky to have you on this one. I know that Saints fans who are outside of New Orleans will be tuned into Westwood One for your call on Sunday. We wish you the best, and, and thanks again for visiting with us. It worked out perfectly since you saw the Eagles this past week, and you'll have Saints and Eagles this weekend. Uh, my goodness, we're excited, and I, I know you are too. I appreciate it, my friend. Oh, Sean, great to be on. You know what I think of you, not only as a broadcaster, but as a person. You're one of my favorites. And uh, anytime you call, man, I, I will be there for you. In fact, I hope you call here if, if they make it to the Super Bowl, if they make it to the championship game next week. I hope we can, uh, I hope we can talk again. A Rams-Saints game would be monumental and perhaps should really be the Super Bowl because those two teams have been great all season long. Regardless of what Kansas City has done, I think the Rams have had a better overall season. And, uh, and then you have the number one seed in the Saints. That would be... That'd be some type of game to uh, to watch. But uh, always thank you for the call and a chance to be on. Very fun, and we will see you down the road for sure. Kevin, you're very kind. Thank you. I'm going to hold you to it. I look forward to that next visit here in another week or so. Appreciate it. All right, Sean, you take care. Safe travels. Thank you, sir. There he is, Kevin Harlan, the voice of the NFL on all the big broadcasts for Westwood One. Again, that's the national radio call of this Sunday afternoon's game between the Saints and the Eagles. Of course, there's regular coverage um, on the New Orleans Saints radio network that permeates across their network, you know, into Mississippi and across Louisiana. Don't get me wrong, Westwood One's uh, national call is is fantastic, but those of us here in New Orleans will not have that feed from Westwood One. All of you in the Houdat Nation outside of the Saints radio network listening area, you'll have Kevin Harlan on the call on Sunday. So that's the broadcast to all those affiliates across the country. For Sunday's game. Again, 3.40 Central Time. We'll have so much more coverage coming up on your uh, New Orleans Saints app and at NewOrleansSaints.com. Um, worth noting, the Pelicans have one more game here at home on this Wednesday. They'll play the Ke- Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, and then they'll head out. They've got an 11-game... 11-game. That would now that would be brutal. How about an 11-day... Thank you. Hard enough. 11-day road trip that begins on Friday and we'll be coming to you from the road next week and we'll hope that that's in the middle of a good road trip for the Pelicans and of course we'll hope that we're previewing the NFC Championship game one week from today as well on the road somewhere out west I don't even really know what city I think we're going to be in San Francisco on Wednesday yes Uh, Daniel Salas is nodding his head a big thanks again to Kevin Harlan today great get Uh, make sure that uh, you uh, take a listen if you're able to you get that feed from Westwood One. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your week. Get a good ramp up to uh, the weekend. And, uh, of course, who dat and go Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report.